This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Micro a podcast for short but powerful writing. I'm your host, Drew Hawkins. This episode features three short pieces that reveal how little, or perhaps how much, appearances can be misleading. This first one is an intriguing character study that illustrates the cruelty that can sometimes come with assumption. It's called The Wild Boy, it was written by Alice Kaltman and published by The Coil Magazine on December 8th, 2020. Enjoy. The Wild Boy. He came to the East 72nd Street playground with a toy grenade. It was the most wonderful thing we'd ever seen, a treasure that lived in our memories all these years later the kind of toy none of us would have been allowed to own, much less bring to Central Park. The boy walked over to us where we busied ourselves poking sticks in anthills. He stood, nearer than he'd ever allowed himself to be in the few weeks he'd been showing up at our playground domain. His arms stretched down to his sides, the camo green plastic grenade clutched in his hand. He had big blue eyes, a well-groomed blonde mop of hair, Clothes the mothers claimed came from a high-end department store. But an uptown pedigree made no difference to us. We interpreted the high-pitched sounds he made, took the distorted faces he made, eyes bugged and desperate, pink lips spread in a grimace, and read his neediness as something to run from. One suspender dropped off his shoulder and circled his dirt-smudged elbow like a lasso. His eyes pleaded, We knew what he wanted, but still we refused. He was so close to us, we could have swiped that precious grenade right out of his hand, started tossing it back and forth, and screamed at the top of our lungs. But playing with him would have dire consequences. We might catch what he had, might release a fury beyond our control. We never asked him his name, and we never asked him to play. We called him the wild boy. He was something feral and dangerous that might not even know he was really just a boy. He usually wandered in aimless circles, a restless creature. Often the wild boy howled, grubby chin lifted skyward at what we supposed was an imaginary moon. He had no nanny or mother hovering on the sidelines like the rest of us each with our own exasperated woman ready to huff over and break up tussles or wipe noses, handkerchiefs at the ready. 
He never talked. On occasion, he grunted or emitted a harrowing screech that set the women shaking their heads, giving us kids an excuse to circle our index fingers by our temples, to whisper, loony, cuckoo, demented, deranged. The day he brought the grenade, he stood in that rigid, awful pose for a long, long time, as long as we can remember, a lifetime, it seemed. We weren't ready for this steadiness, this conviction. His stillness made us twitchy. If we stared too long, it might unleash our dormant needs to bleat and beat our own narrow little chests to show our outrage in unforeseeable ways. Instead, we searched each other's faces for clues and found ignorance. We went back to poking holes with twigs, already making heartless mistakes, already ostracizing the ones we feared, future movers and shakers of our generation, massacring bug colonies, waiting for real things to destroy. Alice Kaltman is the author of the short story collection Staggerwing and the novel Dogtown. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram at Alice Kaltman or on Facebook at Alice.Kaltman. This next one was a finalist for the Lascaux Prize and was nominated for Best Small Fictions. It's called Crashing. It was written by Allie C. Hall and published by the Lascaux Review on November 25th, 2020. Please enjoy. Crashing. She was eight and at the beach, and she felt like a movie star. Her jumper was as bright as a lifesaver, falling well above her knees with inch-wide shoulder straps. She played catch with her sister, but she was the movie star. Her straps slid pleasantly back and forth as she dove for the ball. Before going to the beach, they bought it at the drugstore, the ball, along with things like her father's film and the juicy fruit gum that would slide out of the pack and to the bottom of her mother's purse. She was sure her mother knew when she snuck the flat, foil-wrapped sticks from between the pennies and loose cigarettes. The gum never tasted only sweet. It always had tobacco flakes in it. The sand between her toes felt scratchy, a grown-up feeling like magazines intimated it would feel when she was older and would do something called fix those unsightly heels. She felt beautiful. The air smelled exactly the way air should, like salty ocean water, like waves crashing. The air held just a touch of suntan lotion. Only little kids wore sunscreen back then. The sunscreen smelled like sunshine. Her father's fancy camera was focused only on her. She loved the attention. She was beautiful, a movie star. She was sunshine. She was mirth. She was everything they wanted her to be. Her shoulder straps had a round button on them, a big round button, a button. On her 36th birthday, he called. That was when she let it in, what he would do with the pictures once he developed them, would do to his body. And then her hands would tremble, would tremble when she brought back the button and the ocean water and those waves, those waves 
refreshing. Allie C. Hall is a writer who left her editorial positions at the Vestal Review and JMWW Journal to focus on her novels. You can find her on Twitter at Allie C. Hall 1, on Facebook at Allie C. Hall Writer, or on her website at AllieHall.wordpress.com. Our final piece concerns the influence of imagination and assumption on the way we think about the world and about other people. It's called Cowboys And. It was written by Ruman Alam and published by Wigleaf in November 2013. Enjoy. Cowboys And When I was 11, we went on a family vacation to some place where only Spanish is spoken. Not California, ha ha ha. And an old man stopped me on the street and jabbered at me in the language, which I could not understand. I stared up at him, panicked, and managed only no comprende, which is grammatically incorrect, but something I'd heard in the movies. He laughed and picked me up right off of the street, kissing my cheeks. That's something you can't get away with in this country, picking strange children up off the sidewalk and kissing them. I guess he took me for Mexican, Peruvian, Cuban, some modern descendant of the ancient Maya, with my brown skin, my thin wrists, my brown eyes behind the thick lenses of my glasses. Once, at a party, I was stuck talking to precisely the sort of person one fears encountering at a party. Knowing no one else there, she clung to me with impressive persistence, despite the fact that I'm not actually all that friendly, and she peppered me with questions to which there was no real answer. In addition to wanting to know how I was acquainted with our hosts, what I did for a living, my thoughts on the prospects for the coming presidential election, where I did my grocery shopping, my favorite of our neighborhood's Mexican restaurants, she wanted to know something else. What are you? she asked stroking my arm as you would a cat or a bolt of fabric you meant to buy. I mean, what are you? Dylan was a boy I knew in college, a very tall, very handsome boy. His eyes were the precise blue of water in a quarry and obscured by long lashes that made you think of paintbrushes. Every girl I knew was in love with him. Dylan wore his long hair in dreadlocks, an affectation I hated in white kids. His prized possession was a book of Allen Ginsberg poems the poet had inscribed to him in a frantic script that included an illustration to Dylan, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful boy. Dylan had taken a trip that changed his life, changing your life at 19, can you imagine, to India. It's just magic, he said once in front of a crowd, for he was never without a crowd, pretty girls scattered at his bare, calloused feet. You know what it's like, he said, nodding at me knowingly, even though I grew up in Maryland. Glimpsed once, driving through urban sprawl on a sunny but joyless Sunday, a family of five, 
father with big belly and cheap sweater, mother in a colorful sari underneath a sporty windbreaker, three children. The family was seated around a picnic table in front of a fast food chicken restaurant, the kind of table where acne-scarred teenagers loiter and smoke menthol cigarettes. The screaming traffic, the cracked glass facade, no place at all to sit and eat. And to sit and eat a meal at four o'clock in the afternoon, what meal was it? Was it early dinner because mom or dad had to work that night? I had no idea and drove by so quickly that I can't be sure I didn't imagine some of the details. Ruman Alam is the author of the novels Rich and Pretty, That Kind of Mother, and Leave the World Behind. You can find him on Twitter at Ruman, on Instagram at Ruman Alam, or on his website at rumanalam.com. Micro is edited and curated by Dylan Evers and produced and hosted by me, Drew Hawkins. Original music is by Matt Ordez. You can find all of the information about this episode's writers, their featured work, and the publications where they were published in the show notes. Subscribe to the show and check out some of our other episodes on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also always find our shows at micropodcast.org, and you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Podcast Micro. Thanks for listening. <laughs>